Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? No master of all things sound today. Unfortunately enough, Maxime, in fact, is celebrating his wife's birthday. He's still uh, out there recording this for us, thankfully. But I am fired up to announce that although we do not have Maxime, we do have back after way too long. The Barry News Group's Warriors specialist, the host of the Locked On Warriors NBA podcast, and a man who is either currently distancing himself from or openly embracing his heat fandom right now, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? Thanks for having me on. Not much. I um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the finals, as you can imagine. Warrior fans. Oh, really? Are, I mean, it is what it is. I imagine you don't want to either. Miami's getting their ass kicked. I just look. You know, I'm just happy that we're in it. I don't. I don't have a certain sense of entitlement that other fan bases tend to have about being in the finals. So, uh, look, I'm just they're, they're playing with house money, and I'm cool with that. I, I'm sure that's not a shot at Warriors fans. We didn't make the f-ing playoffs for 30 years, so I'm not sure uh, <laughs> who that was immediately aimed at. But let me ask let you, the listeners figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the vibe in Miami? Because I mean, jokes aside, I was thinking of you, Wes. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. We have been lucky enough to be able to celebrate the finals recently here. But when we were doing that, you know, there's no pandemic. We got to enjoy it the way you would enjoy any sporting event. And I imagine Miami's on fire right now. I mean, their team is in the finals, but they are also on quarantine. It's not like you can go down to like a sports bar and celebrate with people. So what's the vibe? How are Miami fans watching this together? Like, is that even a possibility? Is there any shared heat experience out there? So, obviously, it's not what it could have been, but Florida is not under the same sort of lockdown that California is in because, you know, Florida. Um, And so, like, yeah, there's sports bars and stuff that are open. Um, I have personally gone to a couple of them to watch, I I think, maybe a game against Milwaukee and maybe a game against Indiana. Um, Was not – maybe one game against Boston. I can't really remember, but I tried to watch most of that – Eastern Conference final series in the privacy of um, where I'm staying. But uh, at the end of when the, when the heat clinched that series uh, and advanced to the NBA finals, I mean, it was the pots and pans celebration in Miami. I don't know if uh, Warriors fans are familiar with what the pots and pans are, but it is, it's a traditional uh, like Cuban 
kind of celebration that happens down here in Miami. I think we both know that I'm not familiar with the pots and pans celebration. I mean, I, so I appreciate you giving me a little exactly bit. It's exactly what it sounds like. You <laughs> just bang pots and pans, and that is how you celebrate. And you do it from your balcony, or you do it from the sidewalk, or you do it in your car, or you get in your car with a set of pots and pans and start driving. And as you're driving, you're just banging pots and pans with the windows down. And you just do that in the Art Deco lit streets of South Beach. And it's incredible. And look, you can find videos of this on Twitter. It's all there. Just like search pots and pans and you'll see it. Um, and that's basically how they celebrated during the Big Three era and when they won in 2006. And it's just how they celebrated any, really any, like if the Hurricanes won or if the Dolphins won, which they haven't in 30 years, but I would assume that they would do it if the Dolphins were ever to win anything. But that's really, that was what the celebration is. So I, I think Miami is really embracing this team and they're embracing going up against LeBron right now, despite the 3-1 deficit. But uh, this team is embraced, I think, like like that 2006 team, that one. It, it feels kind of like that one. I've spending most of the finals just feeling like I should have a team in it. You know, this fan base, we're, we're just so entitled to having finals teams that it's been hard to focus on anything. Right, entitled. Exactly. And, and Marcus, so I'll just admit this and tell me if it happened for you. Wes just took me on like a mental adventure. Like he brings up pots and pans celebration and I immediately think, oh, they are hitting pots and pans together. And then he pauses and says, I don't know if you guys out there know what a pots and pans celebration. And it immediately makes me question my own understanding. Like, oh, it must be, must be way more complicated. And then it turns out to just be slamming pots and pans together. So did he bring you on that same kind of loop or am I just gullible? Oh, no, I was on that same loop. I had no idea where that was going. It's a roller coaster. It it didn't land where I thought it would land, which is (laughs) weird. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think of West too when watching this series. I mean, it's, I think the Lakers would still win if the Heat were healthy, but it's it's just not as fun to watch without you know with a banged up Bam and not having uh, Dragic out there. So I still it's think kind of re- it's kind of relieving knowing that you kind of have no business winning this championship. Like I don't, I never expected the right. Heat to win. I expected the Heat to get out of the Eastern Conference after I saw them beat Milwaukee. I was like, no, this is the best team in the East. But they're not even cl- like they wouldn't be the best. I think they would lose to three teams in the West. You know, I thought they would have lost to the Lakers, Clippers, or the Nuggets, really. Like, the Nuggets would have been a tough series, but they're really good. Um, so just kind of going into this finals, knowing that you, you have no business winning this thing, and just, like, even getting one game and having a nice showing is a win. Like, maybe that's loser talk. I don't know. But, like, coming off of, like, the big three era, like, that, that 2011 series against Dallas, where I was, like, throwing things. Like, yeah, they had no, no I, business losing that series. I, I feel like that's how – yeah, no, so let's say you probably know what that feels like against, you know, the 3-1, you know, blowing through only against Cleveland in 2016. Even like losing to Toronto must have been bittersweet. Even like knowing that you had no business winning that series, I but mean, just because of the it was, it was because of the injuries. Oh, I can actually associate. I mean, I am capable of finishing out my own sentences here. It's settled down and in hot. Just, just I'm trying lawyer I'm, just, I'm trying to show empathy, is what I'm doing here. I don't I feel like you and I use that word differently i mean my god i feel like you're just trying to show assholeness and you have immediately achieved that so congratulations man uh, i surprisingly um didn't want to jump too far down but i will admit to you i've been rooting for Miami. 
Uh, and when I was going to say that I associated with what you're doing, you're protecting yourself against disappointment. You know, I mean, the, the, I thought the, the time that you were most at risk and Miami fans were most at risk at watching this finals was during that last game when it looked like mm-hmm. maybe it would be 2-2. And, and mm-hmm. then you do, you're right back at risk. You got to worry about all of this. But now that they're down 3-1, um, it is probably out the window. But I have questions for you about it. And let's use this as a transition into our one and only segment today. Uh, it's a new one, at least a new title. The idea is pretty familiar. I'm calling it Grab Bag. And the idea is this, Wes. You can tell, man. Um, I, I love having you on the show. It's not just because we have a friendship off the mics. It's because anything I bring up to you, I know we can play verbal tennis with. There, there isn't a topic that we've brought up that you're not willing to jump down into. So for this segment, I've put together a bunch of just random as hell questions. Some are dealing with the finals. Some are dealing with the draft. Some aren't even focused on basketball at all. And let's embrace the uh, transition. My first one is this. Do the Heat have any chance at coming back from the 3-1 deficit? And why is it completely over for them? Uh, great phrasing to that question. Um, Gary Payton said that the Heat have a chance to come back in this series. And if Gary Payton said it, then I'm going to believe him. Look, what, what is what, like you play every game for a reason, whatever like this cliche is. Do they have a chance? Yes. But they have a chance in the way that like Adam Sandler had a chance. Or who, who was it in Dumb and Dumber? Was it that? You're saying I have a chance? Yeah. Have you go with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yes. They have a Jim Carrey level chance. Like that's sort of the chance that they have right now. Uh, but it's a chance. Um, but yeah, like I said before, like they, they were just even, and I agree with UMT, like there's no, even if Dragic was healthy and Adebayo was 100%, like they're just not as good as the Lakers. And that's okay. And you can live with that uh, because they're going to be the next dynasty. And that's, that's, that's okay for Heat fans. I didn't really like the way that that ended, but (laughs) we'll we'll edit all of that out. And really the only thing they'll hear is that you couldn't remember who Jim Carrey was and me. No, I'm hoping that's the part that you edit out. No, no, no. You you sucked me. I I ended up throwing out Happy Gilmore. So I look like an idiot as well. So thank you, Wes. Maxine, fix all of it. Please, immediately. uh, So you're telling me there's a chance. Marcus, I want your take on this one too. And it's a real question. Who, gentlemen, has uh, been the most annoying player in the 2020 finals. Um, and I'll go first to give you guys a little bit of time to think. So I've been rooting for Miami. I said it out loud. I still think Duncan Robinson's face is fairly annoying, but I'm not going to pick him. It's, it's Kuzma. Um, I just, I can't stand his general affect. He carries himself like he's the best player on the floor, but he doesn't even crack the top six. It's like somebody who manages a local, I, I don't know, um, pizza parlor and then assumes that they should be treated like a CEO of a TV company. I just, I can't watch him do anything without Is that being a shot at Herman Cain. <laughs> yes, it was. No, it was. I mean, I don't even know who Herman Cain is. So, no, it wasn't a purposeful shot at him. But that's my guy. Kuzma's the most annoying player in the 2020 finals. Who do you guys have? Um, I actually still root for LeBron James. I think that he does, like, there's so much good that he does in the community. And I think he's such an incredible basketball player that I just don't see the point in rooting against him because you're just not really appreciating who is going to go down as the greatest player of all time. But that said, he has been so annoying in these finals. <laughs> like it, like I, 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 dude, I get it. You've been in a bubble for three months. Like you need this championship to like really cement your status and all these, like whatever, uh, third champion, like third championship with the third team, whatever the record. But do you really need to complain to the rest about everything? Even when you're not playing, 
like on these on these like shortened sidelines and, and these spaced out sidelines and like these quiet arenas where uh, the refs can literally hear everything that happens. Like LeBron is using that to his advantage in that he is screaming at the referees from, at, from every angle. And it's it's incredible to me. His court vision for screaming at refs is unlike it's uncomparable. Um, and it, it's and because he's LeBron, the cameras show LeBron all. The time. I don't actually know if he's complaining to the refs more than say like Rajon Rondo, but because the cameras are always focused on him, it just seems like he is. Uh, and I think he definitely is. And it's sure. it's really getting on my nerves because, dude, you guys are the way better team. You're up three one. Just go play the game and relax. Well, he's also breaking longstanding traditions. I mean, uh, a player of his magnitude, and he's been in the league for this long, knows that move where if you're going to house the ref, you don't look the ref in the eye, right? You look off to the side, you look at your coach, you look at one of your teammates, and then you say something so that the ref undoubtedly hears it, but you're not showing them up. You know, the, if there's an actual crowd, the crowd doesn't know you're talking to them. If there's a TV audience, the TV audience doesn't know that you're, you know, you're basically gutting them on live television. But that's not what LeBron's doing. He, he is legit legitimately calling these refs out, making eye contact and doing all of the things that should be bringing a technical. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I also find he's not as I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a technical. He hasn't gotten one, right? I mean, he's, you're right. He's showing up the refs. Like, uh, they NBA called about that. The Lakers called the league, let alone not getting a technical. They responded to their complaints after they complained in the Denver series. They got way more calls. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not holding my breath on, uh, on suddenly everybody noticing what's going on in enforcement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the referees definitely gave the Heat a favorable whistle in game three. Like, as a fan, I can at least admit that. Um, but still not so favorable that, that LeBron has to go out and, and, you know, kind of do this publicity stunt in order to try to get more calls. Who's your guy into? Um, it's, a, it's a three-way tie, but the winner edges out slightly. It might be a little bit of a hot take, but um, Alex Caruso is a honorable mention i just think he <laughs> just acts like he's a much better player than he is i mean he's in the league and he has some nice put back dunks and will hit a three but he's just not as good as his swagger indicates um dwight howard i think is a choice a lot of people would say and he annoys me too just because he's just defaulted to like bully ball and not in a way that's fun to watch. It's just annoying. But um, while still person, being kind of goofy off the court, which is yeah, like, exactly. it just, I mean, pick a personality. Dude. And I, <laughs> I, yeah, that's just enough of it. Yeah. But the person who edges out both of them to me is Anthony Davis. Wow. Um, because on average, about three to four times in the game, he gets hurt to the point to where yes. he's like on the ground and you're wondering if it's a legit in, like injury and then he's just up and flying around again. And it's, it's, it's just a little, yes. it's annoying that he like plays into that so much. It's just like, he's a big dude and I know he's, he's been a little fragile over his career, but it's just annoying. A like, little fragile. Little, yeah. So, like, I think that's a, a potential issue for their dynasty. Like LeBron's getting up there in age. It looks like he'll keep this up, which, you know, is what it is. But 
Anthony Davis running back a whole season, especially on a shortened off season, I wouldn't bank on that. I feel like he might get injured again. This is, okay, here's other breaking news. Fire is also hot and wire is wet. (laughs) Anthony Davis is injury prone. There's absolutely no question about that. And being surprised Uh, that he occasionally goes down is like being surprised that an SUV takes a lot of gas. Uh, But but go ahead. No, no, that's a better answer. I actually changed my answer to Anthony Davis. And he's absolutely (laughs) right. Uh, Anthony Davis has become sort of like the Wes Welker getting concussions of getting like poked in the right eye. It, it, it just seemed like every time anybody like is near him, he's like, Oh my eye, like how could you? And there's like this weird thing that like, like star level NBA players tend to do in that the better and the more indestructible you are, like as far as just being like a baller on the court, like the more everything hurts all the time and the more dramatic you have to be about it. Like, like LeBron is the master of this. Right. And of like, oh, you know, like, like you hurt, you smack me on the shoulder and I'm going to fall over to really like play it up. And I get it because LeBron is a freight train and he has to play it up in order to draw the fouls, or at least that's what the logic is. Shaq did the same thing. But uh, Anthony Davis, dude, like the right eye, like every five minutes, you really, you're getting poked in the right eye that many, like no way, dude, like relax. And then he does that thing. And then he, he does that thing where he like, he never really got poked in the eye. And they don't call a foul. And so he's like, he keeps like wincing as he's walking up the court, even though nobody's paying attention to him anymore. Be like, no, no, really, it hurts, guys. Like, next time call the foul. No, empty. Better better answer, I switch it to to Anthony Davis. And you contrast it with Jimmy Butler too, right? Like, Jimmy Butler gets fouled a lot more than he gets calls. And he never complains. Like, I keep waiting. I keep trying to, like, call back. Like, does he ever say something to the refs and he just like goes on and does his business and it's it's like refreshing almost to the point where you respect it in a whole different way what's also juxtaposed with all of the flopping right i mean because it's not just lebron who has embraced the flop we are seeing it left and right and it's being called right they, they are ultimately getting credit for it so now when a flop happens i flip so quickly between oh that must not have been a foul too oh my god it's a korean injury for anthony davis and he he is the only guy who can take me on that journey every time he hits the floor because it seems like he is perennially questioning whether or not he's going to be able to get back up. Yeah, it's just a lot of Paul Pierce moments going off the court and coming back. But, you know, it's annoying. So we can move on though. <laughs> this next one comes from our Patreon crew. Um, so we've got a Slack channel out there and those of you who are nice enough to contribute to us on Patreon, join us on the Slack channel. And Wes, they had this question for you. Quote, I've heard from some media outlets that the word around the dubs in their mini training camp is that they felt too small and unathletic. Is there any truth to that? I mean, heard from some media outlets. Steve Kerr said that. Like, what is this like breaking news stuff? That, that I mean, you don't have to ask the question. You could just tell us whether or not that's actually there. This is just a <laughs> yeah. softball question to get the news. Tell oh, okay. us about what they said exactly. I mean, I could just ask you. Did that's what that's what Steve Kerr said. There's okay, nothing else well, to ask. To it. That's what he, Do you there's agree? There's nothing to say. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I agree, and I've been saying that for months now. They are like the what, who's the best athlete on the team Andrew Wiggins and then now who's the second best athlete probably a tie between Marquise Chris and Eric Paschal not a great uh ceiling of athleticism that this team has are they too small probably um you know especially if the if the the goal is to play Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins as your front court and small ball lineups which I think we're gonna see uh if Eric Paschal can't really improve that three-point shot if he can that kind of changes things but even Paschal for as strong as he is, isn't that big of a player. He's not tall. He's not really a rim deterrent. 
So I think they need to probably add another guy who's six, eight, six, nine, six, ten, if that sort of player is out there, who's versatile, right? Like they're missing that Harrison Barnes, Kevin Durant sized person. Um, but I don't know how much that's going to matter now that the NBA is trending smaller and smaller, like having those players is helpful. I think the main concern that I would have if I'm a Warriors fan, and by the way, this is probably something that the Warriors are thinking about. How do we guard Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic? Those are two of the top five players in the league right now. And the Western conference is probably going to go through at least one of those players, at least one of those teams um, next year. So I think that there is um, a need to add size. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just like a one player thing. Like, if, yeah, let me like pause you. Let me pause you because you put, you're putting two things together, although I think you're just about to, to answer it. But when you first jumped into it and you're saying their lack of athleticism, really what they need is someone six, eight, and you're talking about a wing. But then the next take is the West is big and it's going to be just as big next year. Um, the Lakers front court isn't going anywhere and Denver's front court is probably getting better. So when you look at who they should add, and you know, let's let's say um, they can only fill one of these holes. Is it the wing position that they need to focus on, or is it bringing in a, a big, someone six ten, six eleven, someone who can really bang with the Jokic's of the world? Well, that's the thing is that like Anthony Davis and Jokic, the guys who guard those players best are guys like Anthony Davis and Jokic, and that they're athletic players who can you know, be effective from the perimeter and in the paint. And uh, I think like the answer is both, right? Like if they can get Joel Embiid or Giannis or something like that, then obviously you do that or Ben Simmons, but those players aren't really out there. So I think what they're going to have to do and what they will end up doing is sort of a committee approach where you go out and get, you know, a six, seven, six, eight wing, add him to your bench, uh, go out and get like a traditional seven footer, and now, and you're hoping that Kevon Looney can be healthy, so that you're running through a platoon of centers. That's Marquise, Chris, Kevon Looney, and whoever your seven footer is. Let's just call it, you know, Mason Plumley, just to throw a name out there that everybody knows. If that's your, if those are your three centers, and you've you now, and then on the wing you've got healthy Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Eric Pascal, and then Draymond Green can kind of guard fours and, and threes, um, and fives, uh, and then add one other kind of veteran you know, defensive minded wing to that group, that's probably where they're going to uh, so why is the answer then not James Wiseman as opposed to Plumley? Because I think Wiseman is going to be an okay player. Uh, he's, I just no don't know he's, but he's no Plumley. I love <laughs> he's no Plumley. Have we talked about Mason? Plumley? I mean, there's only one Plumley to be fair. You know what I mean? The, the guy is Lola bunny in the flesh. So it is what it is. That's very true. Um, I mean, he wishes, but I, I, I think James Wiseman will be a good player, but he's not going to be a good player right now or when the Warriors need him to be a good player. He's young, like so many other players in this draft are, but he also has one less year of development. I mean, I, I actually, I, I commend him for just being like, F you to the NCAA. I'm not playing for Memphis. Like your rules are bullshit. And I have no problem with that. But as far as basketball development goes, like you can only do so much right. working out at a gym, Right. Like he has one less season of playing basketball games in a, you know, and being coached by Penny Hardaway and, and that coaching staff. I think that's going that, that, that makes him, um, you know, less further along than a lot of these other guys who are of a similar age to him and the Warriors, their championship window is open right now. They need a guy who can play right now. Right. I'm not convinced that Wiseman is going to be a good defender or a good offensive player really within the first two or three years of his career. I think he's much too raw. I, like that shot doesn't exist. It's a, it's a projection. Um, 
defensively, there are a lot of concerns and I don't trust him to like, you want to throw James Wiseman and Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. Good luck. Like they, they'll tear him apart. Like I don't care. Yeah. He's seven feet tall. They'll tear him apart. What I'm hearing uh, you say yeah. is this guy has so the skill set that Wiseman brings to the table actually fits into the Warriors puzzle pretty well, but that skill set just isn't ready yet. You know I mean? Cause that's what a lot, if you're looking at the people who are suggesting Wiseman and I'm one of those people, I've said that in the past on this show is what we're saying is, Hey, there's this big positional need. We need size. We need athleticism. This guy's big. He's athletic. Bring it in. And I, that could be true, but it won't be true when they need it most next year. We'd have to wait two years. Yeah, yeah, and then there's – I mean, there is a drawback to Wiseman as far as the skill set thing is concerned too And that I, I don't trust that he's going to develop a three-point shot. Maybe he does, but if he doesn't, that's a big if, right? Seven-footers, you don't really count on them becoming three-point shooters. Sometimes it happens, um, and he has no track record of actually shooting the ball. So you're, it's a really big if. And so can you play him next to Draymond Green? I would say probably no. And then the other problem is that he's not a good passer, and he doesn't really show great court vision. And that to me would be another big problem from the Warriors because you like to run offense out of the low post and out of the high post. And James Wiseman just doesn't seem like an Andrew Bogut, Zaza Pachulia, David West type. He seems more of like a Clint Capella. Is Clint Capella a nice player? Absolutely. Teams have paid, There's two teams now that have paid him $20 million a year. Uh, I just don't know that if you're a Warriors fan or if you're the Warriors, you want Clint Capella as your center on this team. I think you at $20 million, I think you'd just rather have what they've been doing with, with, you know, guys like Kevon Looney and Marquise Chris and, and other guys in the past who are slightly more versatile, if not as spectacular. Yeah, and there's there's two names that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet, and I don't want to derail this brand, bring us back if this goes too tangential, but um, Marcus Morris Sr. is an unrestricted free agent, and uh, Jeremy Grant played really well for Denver. I know they're going to try to keep him, and he'll be expensive, so I don't know if we could do the – um, math to make that work. But I think those are two types of players who bring a little grit and versatility to that position sure. that would give us the size. Marcus Morris, a little more undersized, but still, he, you know, he's got that, that edge to him that I think he would fit nicely and give us a little bit of something that we were missing outside of Draymond. He can shoot. And we also got a little optimism from the Gasol brothers today. Um, I don't know if it was today, but I read it today that Pau Gasol came out and said that Mark's signing in Spain was reported a little prematurely um, and that that thing isn't necessarily done. So he may mm. be out there as well, mm. uh, which would be a hell of an addition. Um, all right. Back to a random one. First, a background question. Do you guys remember that podcast serial? I mean, I'm talking like five, six years ago at least, but it was bananas popular. Either of you listen to it? Yeah, oh, yeah, Adnan is definitely not guilty. Okay, booyah. Now, in the course of the Serial prod, uh, Podcast, at one point, and, and just to make sure we're all on the same page, for those of you out there who did not listen to it, it was a, uh, I don't know, 12, 13-episode podcast where they went back through the possible uh, wrongful murder conviction of a teenager. So in one of the episodes, they talked to a juror, and the juror is recounting some of the testimony. And what he says just randomly is that everybody has someone in their life where if you had a body that you needed to hide, you could call that person and that person would come over and help you hide the body. And I'm really stuck out of my mind because first I thought, I'm not sure everybody has a body hider in their life. But then second, it kind of gave rise to this like parlor game I love to play that I want to play with you boys right now. So that question, you know, the person in your life who could go out and help you hide a body, I think breaks down into two basic topics. One, 
they are shady enough. They have something going on in their life enough where they would have somewhere to actually, you know, put a body, literally, physically, logistically get rid of the body. But then second, if the police came calling and they sat down with this individual, would they give you up? Would they crack? Right. Like what would happen? Do they have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and have your back? So that backdrop, my question is this. If you had a body to hide, you had to pick your own serial person from the universe of the NBA, and let's limit it just to the current Warriors team. Who would you pick? Who would be your guy? I'm gonna I'm gonna think out loud here, so I'm, I may give you a few different answers, but I'll Perfect. land somewhere. Um, I think the the initial response I think to a lot of, I think a lot of Warriors fans may have is Draymond Green because he is just sort of the brash kind of heart and soul type guy. But he would talk really quickly to the cops. I, he's just, he, he can't keep a secret, and I just wouldn't trust him at all. He'd be brass, um, right? Like, he wouldn't want to tell on you, but, like, he, he would be playing it. games. I think he'd, like, he'd get into the interrogation room and would, would be pushing back for no reason, would be like an asshole in there, and it would get the cops' right. attention, you know what I mean? And then they start looking at things a little bit more closely. So I don't think he would throw you under the bus, but no. I do think he'd f*** that part up. I'm with you on that. And so, all right, so we're eliminating Draymond. But one thing that Draymond does have, right, is the space because yeah. he's um, he's got a max contract or something close to it. And, <laughs> you know, so and the Warriors, this current edition, a lot of guys who haven't made that much money yet and a lot of guys who just live in apartments in San Francisco. Great take. Like, no, great center. take. Yep. No place to put it. So that eliminates a lot of guys like it right off the bat. Can't be Pascal, can't be Marquise Chris, can't be Jordan Poole, can't be Kai Bowman, can't be Alan Smilagic, can't be Juan Toscano Anderson, can't be Michael Mulder. That's half the roster. Boom, gone. Don't you feel like Smiley has some weird Eastern Eastern (laughs) European person in their life who would definitely be able to help with that part? Oh, 100%. But – uh, he we're allowed to use family members. Then he finally the gets the guy. I'm, I'm still with you on that though, because even if he can get rid of the body, when the cops come calling, there's no way Smiley's holding up on that. Like three questions in, and he is—he doesn't know English well enough to get through right. that portion of it. So even then, I don't—I don't think he's our answer. So we're left now with Damian Lee, who no, uh, you know, law-abiding Christian, just not going to happen. Likewise for Steph Curry. Sorry, Steph's turning happen. you in. He's turning you in. Yeah, he's turning you in 100%. Wasn't that another question we did once? Um, Clay Thompson? No, he's going to, he's not, he's like, you're troubling Clay Thompson with something extracurricular? No way. He's got nothing to do with it. He wants to go home, play video games. That interrogation would be amazing. It would be. And he would, I mean, he might be able to get through the interrogation. They'd be like, you know, where were you on October the 8th at at 5 p.m.? And he says, toaster, you know, and they're just like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. But the problem with Clay is he would hide the body and then forget where the f he put it, you know, and then like it's just going to pop up, you know, like he'd put it in his pool or something. And then the pool guy comes and finds it so no you clay would clay would take the body he would come over to your house or wherever the deed was done put the body in his trunk drive home forget what he was doing stop at safeway and just <laughs> grab like a 12 pack of coors light and then the body would just like stink up his car for like three weeks and, and at some say, point oh, yeah that thing he opens up the trunk finds the body and is shocked that it's there it's like what the hell is this you know like who put a body in my car why is this happening uh so I've got. I'm looking at the roster right now. There's only two guys there. Uh, it's Kevon Looney, and no, that's not happening. Which it's Andrew to, Wiggins, people. Be, oh my god! It's 100 right. Andrew Wiggins. Right. First, first of all, won't talk to the cops because he won't even talk to the media. 
he makes $27 million a year you, and he's got several houses, one of which people is in West Virginia. Do you know what you can get away with oh in West God. Virginia? Oh, done. F- everything. And, done, done, done deal. <laughs> it's and, Andrew Wiggins will show up, do what he, he's a team player, right? He's just, he's really happy to be here. He'd be like, look, it's not Minnesota. Fine. Anything's better than that. Uh, I just want to be on a winning team. If you need me to hide a body, I'll do it. I just like, just pass me the ball. Don't make me do too much stuff. Um, you are incredibly and, and, right. Incredible. And the only thing that would be hard with Wiggins would be the actual call because a part of this, I want the guy to make me feel better. I got you. Don't worry. I'm in route. You know what I mean? If you call up drew, I think all you're getting is dial tone immediately. Like you're not even sure if he heard you, then there's a knock at the door and he's there to help you, but there wouldn't be any back and forth. There'd be no comfort, no. you know, like I wouldn't even understand that he was helping me until the deed was done. No, he would show up, like, he would call him, he'd be like, yeah. And you're like, hey, I, I, you know, I, I need you to take out the laundry or whatever. It happened. Like, and, it happened, Andrew. <laughs> and he'd be like, all right, uh, I'll be there in like 10 or something. And then he would like show up in like his Nike dry fit sweatsuit and just be like, where is it? And then he would take it and then you never see it again. That's exactly what I want. Minimal conversation. Uh, like he's got plausible deniability as far as how the thing went down. Uh, like, I, I think that like the last thing I want is the guy on the other side of the phone to talk a lot and be like, yeah, so what's up? Like, oh, so you're like, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? He's like, dude, that we're not having a conversation. I, want, over. I, I mean, at least a couple pats on the back. Um, <laughs> you're, you're probably right. Although there's a chance I tell Andrew. So yeah, you know, whatever the, the, the milk has been spilt. And what he says is the Simpsons are on. You're like, what? You know, and then, and then it's just dialed on and he actually does come over, but there's just no, there's just no communication. But I think you're right, man. I think Wiggins is a phenomenal call. Uh, Marcus, do you agree with this? Um, great rationale. I, I would still pick Juan. Um, <laughs> and here, and here's why. I, I think having an, a, an apartment is an amazing like take, and I, it, it almost made me change it. But he's from Oakland, and he just knows people that I know. He knows, and it's just it's too easy it's it's it he'll be able to help and he knows the code of the streets from oakland as a man who's born and raised in oakland let me go ahead and say yourself i don't know if just the fact that he's from oakland means that he can get rid of a body for sure he knows the code of oakland (laughs) and that's enough for me andrew i'm calling you don't you worry about that you are definitely still my guy let's go back to a little uh a little bit more serious of a question. Gentlemen, fast forward a, a year. We are now in 2021. Um, we are entering the playoffs. Who are the top four seeds in the NBA? Not West, not East, the top four teams in the league. So this is the next year we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers. I still think the Clippers bounce back. Um. This is a really good question. I, I worry about regression from Miami. I'm like 10 questions in. It's weird that you hadn't said that yet, but I mean, I'll take that. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going into the playoffs, like into the playoffs. Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee will still be one of them. And then I'll probably say mm, Denver. I mean, they like yep. just the way that they've handled the regular season over the last two years, like they, they win a lot of games. So those are my four. 
I agree with you, and you'll I agree with you three out of the four, and then you'll like my fourth inclusion: Lakers, Denver, Miami, Clippers. Um, I oh, want to put the Warriors here. I mean, I I want to put the Warriors here, but we got to see them. Uh, so. I think that they have the talent, the Warriors do, assuming everybody comes back healthy and the pieces mesh, but without seeing it, it's hard to put them immediately in the upper echelon. MT? Yeah, I think Miami, I I love them. I I was rooting for them and still am, but I think they have a bit of a step back. So I would go Lakers, Clippers, Milwaukee. And my fourth, I think, will be Boston. I think they figure it out. Yeah. Um, I think that extra year in this experience kind of, gives them that little fire that they needed and they figure out a way for Kemba to not completely disappear when they throw a zone at him. Gentlemen, what pick, not who will they pick, what pick will the Golden State Warriors use in the first round of the 2020 draft? I'm starting to think that a trade back might happen uh, in that the Warriors end up getting – they're not going to do anything crazy. They're not going to end up with Mitchell Robinson or John Collins or something like that. They're just going to end up with another draft pick, future draft first rounder or something like that, protected for something. And I'll say that they end up picking at six. M team? I'm going to go – Six is Atlanta. Is that right, Wes? I'm trying to remember what the order it is. is. Yeah. I'm going to go f- – Four or ten. I think they either trade it to the Bulls. I think they're still four, and they get like a Chris Dunn and go back a little bit, or um, the Ubre trade that we talked about with yeah, the Suns. I've talked myself into that Ubre trade, so I hope it's ten. But I think the Warriors, after testing the market, end up um, staying at two. So we'll see. I think four is four is a good one though because they're not going to be able to get Chris Dunn in that trade because Dunn's a free agent, and they'd have to do some sort of like sign trade. Well, the, the Bulls could actually. Instead, well, whatever. Uh, it could happen, but probably if they do end up with Chris Dunn, they'll probably just sign him as an outright free agent and not trade for him. But I like four as a landing spot because I've, you know, I'm not reporting this, but just like reading rumors sites and stuff like that. If the Bulls are really high on Killian Hayes, and it sounds like they may be, I also think Charlotte is really high on Killian Hayes. And if LaMelo Ball ends up going number one, then Chicago, in order to get like their future superstar um, may have to leap Charlotte and trade with the Warriors. I actually really like that four spot for Golden State for what, for as far as the players that will be available. There. Even if that happens, even if LaMelo goes one, so Edwards is available at two, you think the Warriors should still trade out of that spot and move down? If, if what they get back from Chicago is worth it, like if the Bulls offer their, you know, 2021 or 2022 pick protected, like the Minnesota pick is protected, which is very lightly, I think it's something you seriously need to consider, um, considering that if Chicago moves up to number two, they probably would take Killian Hayes. Charlotte would just go ahead and take Anthony Edwards. And then at number four, I think the guys who make the most sense for Golden State outside of Anthony Edwards, uh, Devin Vassell, Denny Avia, and Tyrese Halliburton will all still be there. I think it's a really safe way to trade back and keep accumulating assets. Sure. Um, I was going to call this the Ocean's Eleven, but then I realized I was only going to ask you for four players, so that wouldn't have worked so well. So let's call it the Goldberg Four. Wes, good news, man. You've got a tip. Um, You have the opportunity to rob a casino. And even better news, you get to pick a four-man team made up of anybody from the history of the NBA. Uh, to give you a couple of seconds to think about it, you two, MT, I'm going to give you my four and then hear who you guys go through. So 
I feel like you need somebody to plan this thing, right? Somebody who's kind of overwatching the entire thing, probably doesn't actually go into the casino, but has his hands all over it. I'm taking Pat Riley and I'm taking Pat Riley from right now. I feel like that dude, <laughs> like real deep, shady knowledge, uh, absolutely a serial guy. Incidentally, if I needed to get rid of a body, Pat would be like a top five call. Oh my God. I mean, yes. just top five call instantaneously. So he's kind of my godfather of this job. Now next, I need some muscle, gentlemen, but I'm not muscle is just going to like fly off the ha- the handle. You know, like if, if the chips fall and the pressure is all over us, I need this guy to keep his head while still beating ass. So peak Charles Oakley. Mobile guy is definitely going to follow directions, isn't going to make any large mistakes. So I'm good there. Now I need like a, like a charmer, right? Somebody you can get in still is down on the plan, still can perform when we need him to, but has the ability to charm when you like face from the A-team. I'm going Magic Johnson, gentlemen. I feel like he can talk to anybody at any point and also has that winner's killing streak. You know, like he, he would get things done if I needed it to. My final piece, I need a driver. I mean, I got to get the hell out of there. So I'm going Boston era playoff Rondo. Dude makes the right calls. He generally seen or generally speaking, sees uh, lanes as they come out, makes good decisions in the clutch. That's my team. So I, I feel like, I mean, four people isn't a lot. There's a reason why Ocean's Eleven had the 11 people and we can't be naming f-ing 11 people. So you know, four might not really get the job done, but if I'm limited to four, that's my team. Um, that's a tremendous answer. I love the logic. I think you've already won this segment, but because I have to contribute, uh, and you also had like hours of days. planning, really uh, days. days of yeah, thinking no, days. about I mean, it. Maybe months. Very... I, I think I've done this one before, if it makes you feel any better. Like I, this isn't even the first time I've brought up this question. So, I mean, it is what it is. So I'm, I'm on the fly here, uh, but I'm going to try to not to use any of your players. I love the Magic Johnson. I, I, like that's, that's great logic. Uh, so my four. All right. Number one, Lola Bunny, for sure. Um, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> uh, so this is my group. So first guy I want is Dwayne Wade. He is sort of like, this is my group that I get to go rob a bank with. I want to hang out with Dwayne Wade. He's my guy. He's sort of like the Matt Damon of the group. Not really sure what he's doing there, but everybody wants to hang around with him. And it's just fun. And he could play like a little bit of a Magic Johnson role if we need him I to. think he could. I, I get the feeling that he has that type of personality. Kind of good looking yeah. too, distracting, you know. Like good I, looking, I, Capri pants. He could pull it off. Exactly. Um, right. Maybe involve his wife as a distraction as well. Wasn't she in the woman version of that? No, that, um, but no. she could have. She, I mean, she would have been a welcome addition, but no. Uh, like the one actress not in that? Okay. Many times. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so Dwayne Wade's part of the crew. Me and Dwayne Wade just hanging, robbing banks. That's what we're doing. Um, I need somebody who is understated, sly, knows how to get away with things. I like it. I'm taking the league, the all-time league leader in steals, John Stockton. I feel like nobody <laughs> is going to suspect John Stockton at he's, all. They probably will think he works out. there. Exactly right. He's living in it. You put his ass in a janitor uniform and nobody blinks twice. That's right. Um, <laughs> I am looking at this as like a movie and I feel like I need a little bit more entertainment because John Stockton is dry. He's not entertaining whatsoever. Dwayne Wade is charming and he is a celebrity no doubt that he's like sort of your uh like you know he's your movie star right like he's the guy that is sort of bringing everything together but he's not all that entertaining on a scene to scene basis i'm bringing in dennis rodman oh you're going as, to hell. 
Bad news, dude. You're going to jail immediately. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's not even sure. He's either showing up or he's showing up naked, right. you know, and it's just f***ing up the plan. You're not sure why he did that. He's dressed right, like, a like I told you not to let him go to Vegas for three days. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, I'll be like, look, we just needed him. We needed uh, entertainment, you'll explain to John Stockton. I told you, you're too f***ing boring. The, the, logic, the logic is like, oh, he's our muscle, right? But like, you're right. I should just go Charles Oakley or Udonis Haslam or something like that. But like, Or like Stephen Adams would be great. But it would just, no. Like, I, they're not entertaining in the way that Dennis Rodman would be entertaining. He's like, he would have like, like just all the rings and stuff. Like, you could just see him like in the, the dark shadows of this place. Like, when it's closed, just like being weird. Perfect. Um, you had an then, amazing team, Wes. An amazing team until you included him. Now you're going to jail before the tr- the like planning station of this thing is even over. Like I don't. Yeah, but we're gonna don't, we're gonna have so much fun. You will have the time of your life. Okay, you've got me there. You will, in fact, have the time of your life. Uh, final final guy here. You're right. You need somebody who just sort of is able to plan things, think about things, kind of through. You just need a smart person who thinks ahead, who is ahead of his time. All these things. I'm going after Chris Bosh. Uh, first of all, he's extremely entertaining and engaging. So again, would be great for the movie. The conversations between him and Dennis Rodman would be incredible. Um, but he also is like, he does stuff like learns computer programming and stuff. And now I know this is like a different movie, but that dude in Die Hard that is just like on the computer and just like cracks the lock from his computer. I'm not sure what happens there, but like that's what Chris Bosch's job is. I would watch an entire movie of Chris Bosch and Dennis Rodman on a stakeout in a car outside planning a heist. You know, I mean, I just, however the, the hell next, that is, this that is that goes. the next true detective. I am on board for that. There, I mean, it's just an amazing pairing. It's unfortunate that you guys aren't stealing a f-ing thing, but it is, it is absolutely <laughs> an entertaining movie. Um, Marcus, we vamped. You had almost as much time as I did to put it together. <laughs> Not quite. Um, yeah, those are, those are great answers. Um, I thought of Stockton too. So I had to switch him out. I think that's a good call. You want somebody super unsuspecting. So, um, <laughs> and but, shady because he was dirty too. Exactly. You know, it's, it's oh my God. Such a dirty like, player. Ex- so, yeah. like, you, you could ask him to do whatever and he's going to get it done. He has no problem with the morals of it and no one's going to see it at all. They just will never look to him. So, that's, exactly. that's gold. No, that's a great, the, great. For those call. same reasons, Mark, you could use Jason Kidd, who I think is like second or third all time in steals and is super shady. I mean, the ice tea <laughs> incident is legendary. I mean, he would do what it takes to get it done. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, and the whole Jim Jackson thing with Tony Braxton, I mean, he doesn't give up. Well, you don't um, have to tell him that, uh, Wes. Uh, <laughs> Jay Kidd spent time in Oakland. You know what that means to Marcus. He probably thinks he's a murderer. Exactly. <laughs> him and Juan are my go-to. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> don't you worry about it. Jason Kidd's not a bad answer to call if you need to get away with a murder. Yeah. So um, stuff went down in Brooklyn. Anyway. The yeah, serial okay. question so great. Uh, go ahead. MT. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Stockton was one. Um, kid is a good one. But here's my lineup. So the mastermind who plans it all, to me, is somebody who just doesn't matter who is on my bank robbing team. We'll get it done. Pop. Popovich oh, yeah. will yeah. somehow Phenomenal. craft whatever we need to get done, and it'll be straight out of a movie type of smart play. You'd, only need, you'd need like a paper clip and a piece of gum. <laughs> exactly. you know, and that would be, they would hand you the money and you don't even know why. Yeah, and the bank would disappear. They'd still lead the league in threes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my unsuspecting person who is just going to get everybody thrown off and not know that the bank's even being robbed is Jeremy Lin. Um, so also 
you know, Bay Area guy. Would and, he participate though? I mean, you know, pretty religious dude. I, I don't know if you could really talk him into the the shady portions of. He uh, is so over the China League that he wants to come back, and <laughs> him robbing the bank is the prerequisite. So, so I, I thought I thought about Jeremy Lin too because of the whole Harvard thing, and I don't mean this to be mean whatsoever, but is he maybe the dumbest person who ever went to Harvard? Ooh, good question. <laughs> I mean, shockingly, I don't know anybody who went to Harvard, so I <laughs> I unfortunately cannot answer that question. Okay. Well, hopefully he's a good diversion because he's on the squad and Pop is relying on him. Um, and our last guy um, is our muscle. with you and be like, we cannot have Jay Lynn on here <laughs> because this dude refuses. He won't even jaywalk, dude. He's not going to be stealing any money from a casino. Exactly why he's on there. You never suspected him. Um, but the last guy, my muscle guy, I'm going Stack Jack, Steve Jackson. Um, I just Great. feel like Ooh. he would not care. And if we did get caught, he would be the last person to tell. He might fire his gun in the air for no reason at some point. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, just like, oh, we did it. And then you go down because, like, he, like, just That's celebrated at the last point. moment. You know, like, that could, in fact, happen. But throughout the actual game time portion of it, I think he would be nails. I think that's a hell of a selection. Um, and just hearing you guys talk about it leads me to uh, this follow-up and perhaps final question. I've got another guy on the Warriors who I think we could call with a body. Um, and it's not the reason we didn't come up on it is because he wouldn't appear on the roster. Steve Kerr. I, like, so Tate, let's go backwards. Mm. I think Steve Kerr handles the interrogation like a f-ing pro. Um, I, I don't like he, the, the cops would be his best friend within the first 30 seconds. He's telling them Jordan stories. They're not even talking about the body, you know, with, with like really early on. So the real question is, does he have the facility to get rid of the body? Now, he's, you know, he's not an apartment guy. He's made a lot of money. He certainly has the room to. Would he have the inclination to? I think he does. I think the dude who'd be down to punch Jordan, the guy who had the, the competitive streak to break clipboards left and right, has a little dirt in him. And I think you could call Kerr. Am I being crazy? No, if it meant if it meant advancing to the second round of the playoffs, he would do it, right? Like, <laughs> it, no doubt. And, uh, and you know, you throw him in the car. And he drives down to San Diego, very close to the Mexico border. Stuff you can get away with stuff over there, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to tell you guys the story, and I wasn't going to make it a question, but I will, and I'll do it quickly. So, an embarrassing story, and then I want to know if you guys would do it. Um, so, literally just yesterday, uh, my job asked me to learn a new program. And as Marcus can attest to, I am not really technologically savvy. It's hard for me even to admit that to you boys, but it's something I've learned recently. Like I just don't learn things as quickly as I'd like to. And so I try to learn this damn program and I go onto the site and it has these YouTube training videos and I watch three of them and I don't understand them at all. So I look up a fourth and I find another training session. And boys, what I didn't realize was this training session, the last one was not YouTube. It was a Zoom meeting. But I was just so f***ed up from not understanding it that I guess I'd, I'm not paying attention to the logistics of it. And so I start up this meeting and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, it's, it's a taped thing and they're talking to me and trying to teach me it. And I don't get it and I don't get it and I don't get it. And I get so frustrated because I don't get it. I out loud involuntarily say, what the f*** are you talking about? Like a caveman. I, I can't stop myself from saying it. And as I finish the sentence, I now realize it's a Zoom meeting because the teacher says, oh, I'm sorry. Are there questions? And I <laughs> panic, dude. Panic immediately. I hit the leave, like, leave me, leave me, leave me. Like, oh, my God, they know it's me. They know it's me. I can't believe this. So have you like, 
is that a normal thing? Like the, the fact that my first reaction was retreat. Like I got to get out of here. I can't believe these people know it's me and hitting the leave meeting thing. Is that what most people do? Or is that like an unacceptable thing? And should I face the music? What program were you trying to learn? Like, please don't say like Microsoft Word or anything. Like <laughs> don't you worry about that. Twitter. It was Twitter. And <laughs> I'll figure it out on my own time. <laughs> Copy and paste is so hard. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll tell you the whole story. It was Marcus's Zoom class, all right? You sucked at that class, Marcus. Look, I I just think it's hilarious that you are asking us whether or not you should have left the meeting, and but you're not questioning whether or not you 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 should have said what the f are you talking about it was that's, i thought that's where you're going with oh no no no! i couldn't control that man what do you like that happened the same way that i obey the or uh, obey the laws of gravity like it, it just that completely involuntary just happened no what you what you did right there was a power move you you just flipped the script you flipped the table you took control of the conversation and then you left the conversation you should have stuck it out now i say that and that's not at all what I would have done. I would have, I wouldn't have left the meeting because I would have been too embarrassed to actually leave the meeting. Like I would have been like, oh, am I gonna get in trouble if I leave this thing? But I would have apologized maybe once or twice and then gotten completely red in the face and very embarrassed and then would have just texted anybody who I felt comfortable with that was either on that call or who I work with and be like, this is what went down. Please tell me everything was going to be. Oh, it was all strangers, to be fair. Thank God. This wasn't, oh, yeah, it was all just random ass strangers. I also, I don't know if my, I imagine that you have to hit the start video. So I imagine my video wasn't on, but it's possible these people saw me like, you know, really acting out my throws as a caveman, not understanding, uh, understanding the program. MT, would you, I think you would leave. Am I right? What would you do? No, I would have played it off like I was saying something to somebody else, my wife. Yeah, I'd just been like, <laughs> oh, "Oh my gosh, she's so stupid." Enough. Yeah, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Of course, that's what I want to eat for dinner. Well, I mean, um, okay, well, don't play that off for me because what I said was, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Now the lady <laughs> says, "Okay," so now the lady says, "I'm sorry, are there questions?" And it goes to you. What would you say? I'd say, "Oh, sorry, I was talking to somebody here." <laughs> and then immediately turn the camera off and go on mute and not say anything for the rest and, of the class. And then immediately leave the meeting, you bastard. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, my neurotic reactions aside, huge fun. I, I just love doing this. And that was certainly true this week. Wes, I know I'm not alone in enjoying your takes. And I know that everyone listening needs to know where to go to get more of them. Where do they turn? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at WC Goldberg. I'm trying to get the Instagram follower count up. So let's use this for that reason. Let's do oh. some good in the world. Well, for us, I'm going to spend the off time practicing the words Eastern European. It turns out that's a really difficult phrase. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Warriors Huddle. You want to shoot us a take, our uh, Gmail remains warriorshuddle at gmail.com. And if you're looking to support us in any way, you can hop up on Patreon. But perhaps even more importantly than that, we finally have T-shirts available. Um, and the reason I'm telling you about them is that if you are uh, a purchaser of a T-shirt right now, all of the proceeds from that go towards the victims of California wildfires. So please help us help them. To do that, hop on T Public T E E P U B L I C. Uh, look up Warriors Huddle and uh, pick out a shirt. And with that in mind, actually, Wes, we love you to death. We want to thank you for everything you've done. Um, go on to T Public Man, pick out a shirt, let us know. We'll send you one for free. Thanks so much. Great. Warriors. All right, fellas, uh, enjoy the evening, go Warriors, and hopefully we'll see you real soon.
Good, good.